Welcome to MindTap with Alternative Therapeutics. I'm Brittany. I'm Olivia. I'm Mary Beth. And I'm Chase. And today we have a very special guest. We're very excited to welcome Dr. Tara Scott with us here today. She is the owner of Revitalize in Akron Fairlawn area. And we want to talk to her today a little bit about how hormones can impact our mental health. describe your business, what you do at Revitalize. Sure, well thanks for having me. Um, so excited about what you guys do as well. Um, so I opened Revitalize uh, seven years ago, seven and a half almost. And um, basically we're mostly preventative health, but a lot of what we do is women's health because I my background is OBGYN. So most of what we see would be women's wellness, thyroid, hormones, menopause, irregular periods. But like any functional medicine practice, we look at the cause of disease. So someone might come in for irregular periods, but also be having food allergies or food intolerances. So we would also check out those kind of things. So, you know, most of the people we see are women, but I also have a naturopathic doctor, Jerica Sweetnich. So that kind of expanded us. She's comfortable seeing kids and men. So now we're mostly women's health, but we do kind of a lot of it. Great. Okay, so it's you and Jerrica are mm -hmm. the two primary providers. Right. Anybody else on the team? We just hired um, another MD family practice. She's kind of still going to be sort of training for a while until she can open up her own location in Columbus. So mm -hmm. she'll be with us on a part-time basis. And she is family practice, but she won't be primary care. But again, she'll be able to see men and kids and do all kinds of the gut things. She's super passionate about um, you know, like getting people off of medications, if you're on a lot of medications, like diabetes, I mean, not that if you needed it, right? Sure. But if you just didn't need it, yeah. she, she loves to do that and take a holistic approach, whether it's changing diet, doing stress management, getting to the root cause. Yeah. So she's joining us next month um, with the intent that eventually she'll have a Columbus location. So she's just going to be coming up to Akron to train, get used to the electronic charting and everything. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. Yeah. So, and I wanted to give the listeners a little bit of background why I, you know, was so drawn to you initially. You know, when I first started my business, I was seeking out functional medicine providers in the area because I have a real respect for functional medicine. Um, I came from, um, you know, when I started doing neurofeedback, I was in a functional medicine clinic and I just love the idea of preventative medicine. So, you know, I think a lot of our listeners probably don't have a whole lot of ideas idea of what that even means. So can you expand a little bit more on what preventative medicine is and what functional medicine is? Sure. Well, a lot of there's there's really two schools of thought. Some people come in because they do have a complaint. So for example, if you went to your doctor and your cholesterol was high and then they put you on a cholesterol medication, right? And now you start having joint aches and then they put you on another medication for that and now you start having heartburn. Mm -hmm. So you'd get another medication for that, right? So then now you're not even treating the cause. A lot of medications are treat symptoms. We're trained, I'm a traditionally trained doctor. Mm -hmm. we're, treat, we're trained to take the complaint, make sure you don't have tumors, make sure you don't have a medical disease, and in the absence of that, treat the symptoms. That's just how we're trained, right? Mm -hmm. 
But what we do, what we would have done that's with that same patient in functional medicine is if you came to me and your cholesterol would be high, I would look at your genetics potentially, I would look at your family history, I would look at what you're eating and when you're eating, and I would look at certain hormones that affect your cholesterol, like your thyroid, like your cortisol, like your female hormones. And we would look for the reason, the cause of the problem. And, you know, not that we don't ever do symptomatic treatment. So I kind of, the reason why I went into it is because 13 years ago, my brother suddenly passed away. He was 38 years old. And although he was, it came kind of as a shock, he had a heart attack, but he had every risk factor. He was diabetic, he smoked, he was sedentary, he was a lawyer, he had stress, he was, had high cholesterol, mm -hmm. every single risk factor, but because he was 38 years old, to traditional medicine, he was healthy. Sure. And it was totally a preventative death. So for me, that profoundly changed how I looked at medicine. We started looking at root cause, and it's first just started with female hormones. Like instead of you have a regular period, let's give you a birth control pill, or you have PMS, let's give you an antidepressant. Mm -hmm. Let's figure out why. Let's start measuring hormones, and then it just, you know, it's, the more you learn, the more you find out, the less you know, right? So mm -hmm. then I started like I started learning about thyroid, I started learning about stress and cortisol, then started learning about gut, then started learning about all this stuff, and went on to do a fellowship in functional medicine and got a third board certification in integrative medicine that kind of opened up. This would be considered more integrative, what mm -hmm. you guys do. Mm -hmm. And so all of it is extremely valuable for patients. And I think when I started my practice, nobody knew what it was. So I had to convince everybody, mm -hmm. this is the way to go, right? right? Now it's a lot easier. Patients are, you know, with social media and everything, patients are seeking it out. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's nice and people want to come in. From a preventative standpoint, like I had a patient today that her parents, um, her dad has some kind of, and I don't remember, I should remember, it was Alzheimer's or some kind of neurodegenerative thing, and she didn't want to have that cognitive decline. So right. she's thir in her 30s, she's not having any cognitive symptoms, but she wanted to get this, checked, yeah. right? She wanted me to check, you know, to working on her diet, working on her hormones, working on her gut. There's a huge gut-brain connection. So mm -hmm. I started to see bacteria in like Alzheimer's autopsies in the brain that should be from the gut. So it's fascinating, you know. So some people just come in from that way, you know, like they're healthy. Most of the time people come in that they're not sick, but they're not healthy, yeah. right? So they don't feel great, and but to traditional medicine, they're fine. Mm -hmm. Right, but to us, they're like something's not right. Tests show up normal. Yes. No doctor can really tell them anything specific is wrong with them, but they don't feel great and they don't want to live like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. We do get a fair amount of people though that have a specific complaint, whether it's you know irritable bowel or anxiety. I mean, being that we see a lot of females, we'll get a lot of anxiety, depression complaints as well. Sure. Mm -hmm. Of course. So along those lines, then how? Then thank you for that explanation of functional medicine. Really appreciate it. Um, Along those lines, then you do see a lot of women, and so how can hormones have an impact on mental health in general? Well, I think there's a huge correlation, and so if you actually look at the data, and you guys probably know mental health more than me, they what the, the psychiatrist would say is that the biggest predictor of depression is adverse childhood events, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Agree to that. Yeah. But, but I'll tell you, I've seen people in loving families, loving home, faith-based, good diet, all of a sudden at puberty, start struggling with mental health issues. Mm -hmm. The other time it happens is postpartum. You know, people have postpartum mm -hmm. depression. Yeah. Menopause. Anytime there's a hormone change. Yeah. So I, while I do believe that adverse childhood events and and uh, your you know family of origin all that does correlate and mm -hmm. what your situation is absolutely. I also believe there to be an organic cause. Now, like I said, the psychiatrist may just debate this with me, 
But I have seen people um, with hormonal imbalances that cause the symptom of anxiety. So it depends on if you think anxiety is a diagnosis or a symptom, right? Mm -hmm. I believe it to be both. Same with depression, right? And so it's specific to their hormone cycle or the time of their life, puberty. The biggest thing I see, I love to see teens when they have all this anxiety because if you figure out what the cause is, you're preventing, you potentially prevent them from years of meds, right? right. Mm -hmm. Because what happens, they either get put on meds, which can also have the side effects of suicide ideation and all these other things, weight gain, which is not good for a teen, right. or they stick them on a birth control pill, mm -hmm. which also has side effects. And there was a study that said there was an increased risk of depression just being on a birth control pill, but then there was another one that rescinds mm -hmm. that because, of course, that would be bad for the birth control you know, world, yeah. world and pharma, <laughs> whatever. So, so in those patients, what we see is um, the pathway that gets rid of your estrogen, the enzyme, is the same one that gets rid of your dopamine, your norepinephrine. Mm -hmm. So imagine that a highway has four lanes. If you genetically have two lanes, at times, you're going to have a backup, right? Now, sure. if there's a backup on the highway, it could be because it's rush hour, it could be in Ohio because it's snowing. It could be because it's an accident, right? So that's the things we figure out. The pathway that gets rid of estrogen also gets rid of your dopamine and your norepinephrine. So if you have a lot of estrogen, you're not getting rid of your epinephrine and dopamine so people can feel anxious, sure. and specifically at those times when estrogen surges. The other thing we see a lot is in women in their late 30s, early 40s, that's when your hormone progesterone declines, just from natural aging. All the good eggs are done, mm -hmm. you know, your eggs are aging, you're not, but you're not really concerned with your fertility. Progesterone in the body binds the GABA receptor, one of the metabolites, which is an anti-anxiety, like Valium, your natural Valium. So the lack of that makes you feel anxious, makes you feel irritable. So, so mapping out cyclical hormones is very helpful. Also looking at what we call estrogen metabolism, where we look at those enzymes and the genetic coding of them, that's also very helpful. Mm -hmm. So we have, a, we have a fair amount of success. Now somebody who really has a diagnosis of anxiety or depression, obviously this approach is not, they still may need They'll medication. Feel a better, but might need. Yes, yeah. and I don't, and you know, we are not, we're not experienced with those type of patients. I'm talking about the patient that has more of the symptom. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. we have had some people that have some very serious psychiatric diagnosis, but they see their psychiatrist for that. Mm -hmm. And right. then we just try and see, is there something that we can tweak? Mm -hmm. You know, so when you have those changes in hormones, you're not having those worsening, like the postpartum depression, the depression at midlife, at menopause, and those kind of things. Yeah. Wow. I sense. feel like you're answering a lot of questions that I didn't even know I had. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're too young to go through any of that. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> Very true. I mean, the other thing that we see, especially with 2020, you know, what a year it's been for everyone mm -hmm. is, you know, stress. What does stress do physiologically in your body? Well, it, your cortisol goes up. Your brain doesn't know if you're running from a bear or if you're meeting a deadline or you're laid off or you're furloughed or what, right? Mm -hmm. The effect is the same to repair you to be alert and increase your norepinephrine and your epinephrine, right? Which makes you feel anxious, especially if you have any one of those other problems. And so we have a lot of people that this, this stressful landscape that we've been in has exacerbated or caused new onset anxiety. You know, and so treating the cortisol issue, you know, with techniques that you guys do, heart math, meditation, breathing, all those things, you know, but again, you're in an integrative space. Like we're, I'm a traditionally trained doctor, so they're not getting that from their traditional 
GPs, unless mm -hmm. there's somebody who's a little bit more into that kind of thing. You yes. might recommend a meditation app or something, which right. is awesome. And again, with social media, it's amazing that like, you know, Headspace, if you have an NPI number, it's free for healthcare providers. So there's been more awareness. Why did I not know that? that? I didn't know that. Are you that kidding me? You guys. I'm so excited. Be free. I'm not hook up with that yet. Yes. Are you kidding me? At least it should no. still, I think it still is, but yeah. I know they started it like since COVID. If you have an NPI, oh. all right. Yes, cool. for healthcare providers. Yeah. And that's, that's one of my favorite apps too. You yeah, know? that's a good so one. I just saw another healthcare provider today. I'm like, you need to get on and get this, you know, while it's free because yeah. while we're waiting for test results, she's still having this fight or flight, you know. So I think that's part of the problem. So those are things that, you know, we can't end the pandemic or change their stress or whatever, but can we give them something to help their hormones? Or maybe a lot of what we do is just education and telling people you know, and so maybe coming from a traditionally trained doctor, it's not as woo-woo as it would be. If, right. You know. That's it. Like, I'm so glad you're saying all this yeah. <laughs> on this platform because I feel like, you know, with certain clients where I give them my, you know, pillars of brain health handout, they're like, oh, what's this? Who are you? I, no, exactly. you know? I know. But it's like, I'm, these are, it's coming from the best, I, I swear. Right. Coming exactly. from people like you who, yeah. who agree with these and I'm sure when Backers. you tell people to change their diet, they look at you like, right. how's that going to help my brain? And you're right. like, oh my uh, gosh, so <laughs> are you kidding me? Yes. Right, it's everything. But again, it's it's not for everybody. It's a different approach. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm so thankful that, like I said, seven and a half years is a world of difference in social media, in what's out there, in what people you guys, your age, you guys are more accepting of it. And I think even of a mental health diagnosis right mm -hmm. then my generation yeah, it was like nobody talked about it nobody did that's why people just wanted a pill and it to go away mm -hmm. right they didn't want to think through these things just give Except me a pill make me feel like, yes yeah. mm -hmm. and so you guys are making that movement which is great you know because that's what we need is patients to be more aware that there is another option because what happens when you take a serotonin reuptake inhibitor Right? It works at the synapse. It prevents your body from recycling serotonin. But it doesn't replenish it. Right. So then what happens? You gotta increase the dose, increase the dose. Oh no, now you're having the side effect. Let's add a different med to that. I mm -hmm. mean, people are sometimes on two different SR SSRIs and and you know, SNRI. Mm -hmm. And it's like then there there's all kinds of side effects from those medications and it changes your brain chemistry. Right. Now, like and I what said, what happens when you take that away and then yeah. what are the you know, after effects of being off of it if you don't do it correctly. I mean, some or... people need it and they feel better on it. Sure. And that's that's what works for them. But it's these people who just have that symptom who need the, the cause treated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, like I've had clients come in here who one person went to their doctor and mentioned anxiety and they just wrote a script immediately. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I don't necessarily want a medication. I, I want to like do something about it so that I'm not just taking medicine the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. and that came from a place, um, you know, of we're trained, we need to fix things, you know. And so as a physician, you're really uncomfortable if you just sit and hold that space with the mm -hmm. patient and join with them and offer them tools, right? I mean, I bet some patients, if they were just validated, they are felt heard that they mm -hmm. like you said that patient doesn't want it mm -hmm. but we're forced and we're trained if this no it's not this it's not this and then prescribe mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. i mean if you think about how medicine was we're watching this um, miniseries now it's set in the revolution right after the revolutionary war so the doctor's like he's recommend what did, i can't remember what he recommended but he, honey and something else mm -hmm. like you know you think about that kind of thing they're they're more treating causes and they're probably with symptomatic treatment but it's different nowadays mm -hmm. because of 
you see a commercial. <laughs> if you have, yes, <laughs> ask your doctor if sertraline is good for you, you yeah. know. It's Isn't like, that the doctor's job to figure out? <laughs> well, and, <laughs> I, I don't watch TV, but I was shocked, like, when we were watch, watching, like, the debates and stuff, it's like every other commercial is for a drug. Yeah, yeah, well, everyone needs it after watching those. I yeah, mean. well, that's for sure. That's for sure. A lot of anxiety about that. Yeah. It's very rough. But yeah, no, you're right. I, I, it drives me crazy when I see those commercials. Like, but that's the doctor's job is to like assess, diagnose, decide on a medication, not a patient's job to come and say, hey, I think you need this med. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, and and, the, and this is a whole bigger problem, no, right? It's the, way, it's the way that medical medicine is now. You know, when they changed to insurance reimbursement and then they went to something called an RVU. So now instead of, you know, 45 minutes, you have seven minutes with the patient. And what can you do in that seven minutes, right? And so if a patient comes in and says they want something, boom. We can help them, right? Let's give them what they want. And there's some people that are like that, right? Mm -hmm. Some people really want to stop and think and be curious about the why. Some people don't. Some people like, you know, and I'm not criticizing if some people like routine and they just like their job to do their job. Sure. Yeah. Uh, most of the people that go into functional medicine are somebody either who's very curious about the why or they've had a family member or a personal medical issue that led them to. Yeah changing their view. Definitely. That's what I find with a lot of the clients that come to us are in the same boat. They've kind of tried other things and they're seeking out alternatives and they were attracted to us because of because we offer something different. They're not just looking for a counselor, they're looking for counseling plus another tool that's going to help them get to where they want to be. So Right. And I think, you know, neurofeedback is a more concrete thing they're getting, you mm -hmm. know, so that might they might still you know, because counseling is so abstract, right? right you know, right. Mm -hmm. sometimes people benefit, some people don't. If they're not open to explore themselves, right? Not, mm -hmm. not yeah. real right. insightful, or, right? You know. Exactly. So yeah. neurofeedback is giving them a concrete something, so you could make the. So it's a great. It is a great adjunct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you. Anyone have any other questions or things that we feel like we missed? I was wondering how you determine in your role the difference between, you know, say anxiety or depression as a symptom versus, oh, this is probably more of a diagnosis. Well, so I, I couldn't tell you what the DSM whatever 10 is. So that's usually it's a select, for the medical diagnosis, it's a DSM criteria. It's mm -hmm. three out of this, been mm -hmm. present for right. six months. Okay, so I don't physically do that, right? right. Mm -hmm. So I list, So most of the time I'm listening to their symptom and looking for a cause of that symptom. So someone else must have made that diagnosis for them because I don't really diagnose people with anxiety or depression. Right. I don't feel like I'm qualified to do that. But if they come in with the diagnosis that somebody else has had or they say, I'm having anxiety, we ask everybody about their moods, we take a detailed review of systems, ask them about what they're, what they're experiencing. And, um, you know, one of the patients I saw today had new onset kind of insomnia and panic, which she never had before, mm. you know. That's interesting, yeah. And so, you know, they describe it, and then we try to tie. So women might say it happens before my period, so that I'm going to go, that's why I'm going to go see Dr. Scott, you know. They might be able to tie it. Some people don't. And so that's, so if they have that, we don't really make it as a diagnosis. We may usually mm -hmm. use it as a, as a symptom. Mm -hmm. And then we try to we try to find the cause for the symptom. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Anyone else? <laughs> I think all of my questions were answered with 
from everything that you've been talking about. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate the opportunity. I do I think a lot of people have really benefited from our approach in the sense that, you know, some of it is situational. They're going through a rough time, like I said, 2020, whatever, um, or it's postpartum, the adjustment of a child, and they appreciate, uh, uh, you know, options. Sometimes we do uh, recommend certain supplements to treat the symptom while we're trying to get them with the tools for stress, if that's what it is. Um, you know, everybody, 100% of, of women go through menopause, so it's not like you can avoid that. And not everybody has a kid, but everybody sure. goes through menopause and everybody goes through puberty, so those are two times where Unavoidable you're... Unavoidable things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. so, you know, some people have no problems at all with menopause and some people do, and so... It's nice to know, it, 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 I'm glad to like, I've been asked to speak about anxiety a lot this year. I don't know if it's because of this. It says people need to know, you know, and also then, like I said, our generation, there's still a little bit of a stigma. So then I feel like, oh, it's not me, it's my hormones. It's not that mm -hmm. I can't cope with my stress, it's this. They, it sits better with them, right? Yeah, you know, right. even if it is a symptom, oh, that's why I'm feeling that because my cortisol is going up okay, that makes sense. Now yeah. I don't feel so bad. Sure. Right. It's really validating like, yeah. in a more concrete way. Yeah, and I think that's part of, unfortunately, and nothing against my traditional counterparts, it's just like the system is set up that you don't really have that time mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. do that or we're not trained. I remember when I went to medical school, which is a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, at 90, in the early 90s, so we're talking 30-plus years ago. Wow. They, we did have a behavioral health a class where sure. you had to say you feel because mm -hmm. you feel scared because <laughs> but it was like so, it was so skill. canned it was so canned yeah. you know what I mean mm -hmm. that was it that was the compassion that's all we got taught <laughs> one semester of behavioral health and then then we Makes had like sense. that's why I've had some not very good doctors well, right. <laughs> and again until you if you go through stuff some people are just naturally like that. It's just a personality, right? Mm -hmm. And those are the people that will go into the people skills and then the surgeons that don't like a radiologist or whatever, pathologists, if they don't like to talk to people. Not, not patient-facing. But there's so still <laughs> there's still people in, you know, patient-facing that are, are not people people, you know, <laughs> which is surprising until maybe they had a child and then they were a patient or something. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Mm -hmm. And so um, I wish there were more training. Now, I can't speak for what's going on now. Maybe it's different. Maybe they are getting better training because, you know, they have the work week that is cut short. That We used to have, like, 100-plus-hour work weeks. They have an 80-hour work week. And, and that's so, still not okay. <laughs> well, no, yeah. I mean, they're not allowed to work more than 24 hours in a row. We work, sure. like, very frequently 36, and, you know. Yeah. So wow. 36 they're on, 12 on. They're trying to do better. <laughs> yeah, so they're, so, so they're trying to do better. So I'd like to think that they are trying to be more humanistic, you know, in their training. Mm -hmm. um, Let's hope so. So so I think it was a different world back then. Yeah. And so maybe that's some of the people that you've kind of come into contact with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not the best. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming in again. And we also wanted to mention that... Uh, Alternative Therapeutics is now going to have a location with Revitalize mm -hmm. in Fairlawn, West Akron area. Uh, Olivia is going to be going over there a couple days a week, and we hope to continue offering even more uh, availability at that location. And so we'll be offering counseling or feedback um, at that location as well. So we're really excited. Yeah, we're excited about, about it. that. We're excited. Yeah. <laughs>